0: I can't even begin to recap the changes that we have been through over the last two years. The list would be too long and frankly, a little more traumatic than I think I can cope with. The world has indeed changed. Certainly in some ways changed for good, and yet in so many other ways, the challenges have been unbelievably challenging. And some of those changes will change all of us, forever. All of this has impacted each and every one of us. How could we have gone through all this? How could we go through what's happened in the last two years and not be changed? It can't be. Somehow we've all been changed. Some of us, some of our dearest loved ones, have passed on from the existence of this life children have grown. Some of us older folks have gotten even older. My knees hurt a lot more than they did two years ago. And like many others, I've dealt with unexpected bumps and victories along the way. It will still be some time, however, till we freely join together without masks everywhere we go. And who knows what other changes are to come. With all this said, it is foolish to think that church life, the institutions, and the systems that we know will stay the same. How can they? We will have important choices to make in the years to come. What we are keeping and what we are shedding, what new things we will try and what we will learn when some of them inevitably fail. What's the balance between being responsive and being intentional? What's the balance between working to ground ourselves in the comforting understanding of how things have been and how can we be more nimble with the seemingly endless shifts grounding beneath us? As individuals, families, and religious organizations, we've spent a lot of time over the last two years responding or reacting How do we switch to worship online? How do we do RE? How does our Zoom bill impact our budget? I feel like the time has come to be a little less reactive and a little more intentional. And I can't process this desire about being more intentional without addressing what it feels like, what feels like a primary question right now in congregations all over the world. How do we balance our own need versus the overwhelming needs of what's going on with everything that's going on all over the planet? In pondering this question in the last couple of weeks, a sentence came out of me one day when I was posting something to Facebook and it says, if we get lost in our own lives, who will tend to the world? If we get lost in our own lives, who will tend to the world? It's so easy to get lost in our own lives right now. I've moved away from people as they walked past me. I've been concerned about shaking hands and using hand sanitizer as soon as I get back in the car after I leave the grocery store. These and so many things have worked to push me to tend to my own life. But frankly, as Unitarian Universalists, If I really believe in the faith that I claim to practice, I must also tend to the world. This calls on us to turn our gaze from the past and from what what we have known to the present and the future. A present and future that very few of us could ever have imagined. But it's not the first time we Unitarian Universalists have had this thought the thoughts of looking to the future. Carl Seberg, minister, scholar, writer, editor, and longtime staff member of the Unitarian Universalist Association, when talking about Clarence Russell Skinner, who was a minister, teacher, writer, social activist, and widely regarded as the most influential universalist of the first half of the 21st century, Seberg said, Clarence Russell Skinner, what he was doing for his time and challenging us to do for our time is continually reshape the churches that we inherit, whether as ministers or as laypeople, so that they can face up to the new challenges and opportunities of the days that lie ahead. We must continue the kind of work that Skinner made central to his life's ministry, always building a new kind of church, always reaching out for a vision that church of church that lies just beyond our grasp, but with hard, dedicated work can be conjured into being. Clarence Russell Skinner lived from 1881 to 1949. Yet his prophetic words are as alive today as they were when he said them. That. that is why I've been calling on my congregation to think about something I'm calling the Church of the New. The Church of the New asked us, how can we find new ways of serving our mission? How do we address the difficult and delicate balance of tending to ourselves and yet still tending to the world which absolutely can be overwhelming, especially as this pandemic continues. This is a time that beckons to our ability to dream and then to make things happen, to engage in what I'm calling intentional design. And my definition of intentional design is where we are creatively approaching the world open to possibilities, rather than stopping ourselves based on fear, preconceived notions or projections centered on models of scarcity thinking rather than abundance. UU ministers often talk about models of scarcity versus, rad- versus abundance. So to further define for the purposes of today, I will say that a model of scarcity is when we have the ability to consider and act on various possibilities, but for whatever reason, our worldview either won't allow it or can't see it. On the other hand, a model of abundance is the ability to at least open one's mind to what is possible, whether or not those possibilities are acted upon. For the past couple of years, I know in my congregation and so many other congregations of all different denominations, we've been exploring the state of religious communities and trying to determine where we are headed. We often spend a great deal of time on where we have been, which Unitarian Universalists and most people are really good at but we're not as good at coming to terms or coming to agreement with where we are going. This is certainly true in normal times, but these aren't normal times, either socially, politically, culturally, or pandemically. If we were to look through the lens of scarcity right now, we would have a great deal of worries about our future and the future of so many things and would see very few possibilities at all we might actually take some of our worst fears and project them in ways that limit our choices, our imaginations, our intentions to a very narrow range. I often wonder when we do that, if we will find ourselves in a fear-based place, wherever that is, more quickly. However, if we view the world through a lens of abundance and curiosity, We could be more open to imagination and exploring the possible. And it certainly feels like in a world with so many unknowns, having a vivid imagination and being open to the possible may be one of the things that may actually help this world survive and thrive. I want to acknowledge that there are plenty of people in situations where their life circumstances make a model of abundance so much harder. So there's a privilege that comes with a life that has abundance in our choices. So as we move forward in our communities of faith, gratitude is something to consider because of our ability to make the choices over models of scarcity into models of abundance. Now, with all this in mind, here's the thing. I don't think we can fully live into our intentions if we can't allow ourselves to imagine something other than what we already have. Let me say that again. I don't think we can fully live into our attentions if we can't allow ourselves to imagine something other than what we already have. In talking about the Church of the New, we are dealing with so much unknown we often talk about the abundance of challenges we faced in the last couple of years. What we're a little short on is talking about the abundance of possibilities. How can we, all of us, open to what is possible? Opening to the possible could allow us to find ways to fail spectacularly, which again, is always a possibility, yet it could also allow us to go in ways we may never have thought possible. I'm not saying we should try every idea that comes into our heads. That would be a waste of time, energy, and resources. What I am saying is if we have the privilege of choice, of abundance, of being able to explore our imaginations, we shouldn't waste it or worse yet, thwart it by projecting an end result that may never occur or even need to be. Let's not stop our journeys before we even take the first step. Whether for ourselves as individuals, for this congregation, for Unitarian Universalism as a whole, this community, our country, or the health of this planet, we are being called on to practice intentional design. Or where we are creatively approaching the world to possibilities rather than stopping ourselves based on fear, preconceived notions, or projections centered on models of scarcity rather than abundance. What this may take is that some of us with many years of lived experience using the wisdom of that experience, not being stuck in it, will need to use it to inform creativity and innovation and also those with fewer years on this planet to bring new ways of thinking and acting into the conversation. This is a package deal. It will take all of us to intentionally find a way forward that deals with the challenges and struggles that we face both historic and new. I just don't think in the long run we have always done it this way thinking will meet the challenges we now face. That doesn't mean that familiar things that have served us, filled us and ground us will need to go away. It just means that we need to be intentional about how those things get woven into whatever comes next. And part of the point here is that we don't know what will come next. What we know is as hard as it is to say, we may never go back to what we've known as normal. The world has changed, and those changes will challenge all of us and are also ripe with abundant and endless possibilities that call for dreaming, for innovation, and a nimble mindset to take on the challenges and opportunities of tomorrow and whatever comes the days after that. May that be so, and amen.